0: Uh, hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Age of Enfrightenment. My name is Nick, and I am one of the disembodied heads floating in a jar of formaldehyde that hosts this show. With me are the two other floating heads. Uh, i happy to introduce Dave. Hey, everyone. And Theo. Say words, son. And we also have <laughs> a special guest this week. All of our guests are special, but I, I like to think this one is very special. And he is not a disembodied head. He's actually outside of the jar in the laboratory looking in on us. And his name is Justin. Hey there, Justin.
1: I'm the guy that comes in and like sprinkles the fish flakes into your head bowl so you guys can eat. Like I said, very (laughs) special guest. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, hey, guys, what's going on? Thanks for having me on. Justin.
2: Yeah, of course, man.
1: Who are you and why the hell should we care? Well, great question, Theo. Uh, My name is Justin Tomasello, I've been friends with Dave for a long time, and through Dave I met Theo and Nick, Um, and also I host a video game podcast called Press A Repeatedly with my friend Chris Gold. We can take that out, right? I don't don't particularly want to plug other people's shows. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that, I was way out of line. People might only
0: have about an hour in their day to listen to a podcast, and I want it to be this one. Ooh. Also, <laughs> Ed is,
3: uh, J- Justin is my friend And he called Ed Theo So yeah, that's pretty much over <laughs> that, <laughs> that long uh, friendship I'm sorry, Is I, pretty I, much I, at the end of its
1: chain. Right, right before I said his name I was like, I gotta make the right call here Is it Theo or Ed, and I don't want to screw this up And he's always referred to Theo on the podcast So I went with Theo you I've been trying
2: to guy get people to fan, call me though. Chad for years And that just hasn't taken off Chad is never going to
0: happen You need to put it to rest yeah, I don't wanna, Ed? I'll call you Chad Thanks, bud. Uh, So we have Justin on the show, and he runs a video game podcast. Dave, does that mean we'll be talking about video games at all? No. Oh. Theo, does that mean we'll be
2: talking about video games at all? Why, yes, Nicholas, it does. So today we're actually (laughs) tackling a pretty neat um, concept, and I feel like it just be pointed out, that what we're doing is we decided to focus it on horror in new media, which is a kind of nebulous concept. It's very wide-spanning because there's a whole lot of ground to cover here. And part of that is going to be video games. Awesome.
0: Yeah, it sounds really exciting. And I know that there's going to... I think people will be interested to hear about some of the other pieces of this because it's not as simple as, hey, let's talk about some scary games. There's It kind of extends out to just the weird things that we could not have been capable of being afraid of pre the internet, pre the different kinds of new media that we have at our fingertips today.
3: Yeah, video games hit at this golden period where it was this new technology that nobody really, like the common person really didn't understand the inner workings of. But it was also, you know, roughly like 15, 20 years before any myth got debunked in five seconds online. Uh so it created a really cool atmosphere where these these myths could kinda of percolate and bleh, could kinda of percolate. <laughs> it's time for the percolator. <laughs> it's time for the percolator. <laughs> That's kind of what threw me off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's staying in. That's absolutely yeah. staying in. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, these these myths would pick up steam. And, and the cool thing is no one could disprove them right away. Um, and some of them still haven't been disproved. Right. So that's pretty much one of the key factors we're going to be talking about this week. Yeah,
0: it's kind of the modern version of what we talked about in our first witch episode with the printing press and how once people could sort of hand out pamphlets and books about witchcraft, everyone would take it as true for way too long of a time before people could actually start to debunk it. And people would get it in their hands and say, well, of course this is true. Somebody wrote it down. And I think the internet was like that for a while. Everyone just assumed that there must be someone editing it. Like you get an encyclopedia, it's full of information and you can take that as fact. And I think that there, there was a stretch of time and for a lot of uh, people, I think there's still parts of the Internet that people think they can just take at face value. So it was years and years for a lot of these myths to build up before anyone could really dive into them and find out what the truth is. And they've kind of taken on a life of their own.
1: It's funny because the two go hand in hand. You know, Theo said new media earlier and the talk of the Internet. Well, the video game industry is the biggest it's ever been is rapidly growing many in part thanks to the internet with you know youtube streamers and twitch and just word of mouth spreading through reddit and everyone's personal game experiences spreading on video game journalism sites and even have stuff on like tv now like uh, for example conan o'brien has a clueless gamer segment he he doesn't even play video games. He literally just has it on his show because so many people watch video game related things. So it's just helping his, you know, ratings.
0: Right. And simultaneously poking fun at the fact that he feels like an alien playing them because most (laughs) the, there's so many people in the world. Now it's a regular way of life as opposed to just a simple pastime. So if you're kind of outside of that, all of a sudden it's, it feels kind of strange to not be a gamer.
2: I, I just right. gotta say, like, it's a bit off-topic, but like, the one of the first moments I've had where I felt like existentially old is when I first started seeing like let's plays become popular on YouTube, because <laughs> yeah, to me that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, why wouldn't you just play the game yourself or play it with friends? So I don't understand why p- kids are spending hours watching some fucker play Minecraft. But like, I have a brother who's a teenager. And like, it's a big deal and I just can't wrap my fucking head around it. That's one of the first examples of like, here's some new thing that completely doesn't make a lick of sense to me.
0: Right. And it probably never will because we've hit that age where it's going to get harder and harder for us to accept new things. But I can only imagine when the first talk shows came out, there was probably a whole bunch of. I don't know, like World War II vets sitting at home being like, "Why would you just sit there and watch other people talk?" <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, you could just go down to the pub and do it yourself. And then I like the idea of them thinking that a talk show is just watching two two people speak to each other <laughs> in a very informal way.
2: That Johnny Carson's a shyster.
3: <laughs> Get him off the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: but I I, I I do wonder if it's similar, if, if the kids that are playing and watching or watching people play these games now feel the same way. Do they feel like, no, it's so much more than just watching someone play video games? Is there more to the interaction that they're perceiving? Is there more to it than just, I'm going to watch somebody play
3: a video game? The internet writer, David Wong, who I, I guess is, you know, can be considered a novelist at this point wrote an article about video games and said, you know, unlike movies or books, video games can hit all of the same uh, pinpoints, give you the same feelings that books and movies do, except the one thing that books or movies can never do is give you a sense of accomplishment. Right, Like, that is something exclusively to video games, and it's made, like, a really... Cool new way to tell stories. Yeah,
0: and it and it hits such a a core part of our brain chemistry that sort of reward factor, and it's also probably why people can get addicted to games, likely more than they could get addicted to reading, because you're getting that sense of oh I I did something today, like I went home from work and then I worked all night in Minecraft or what or what whatever it is, and they feel that sense of accomplishment because you're getting rewards you're getting, you know, trophies, whatever it is. You're killing the bad guy.
1: I've had many nights where I've worked all day and then came home and worked all night in Minecraft, so I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. You're a very industrious young man. <laughs> hey man, you got to pay the bills somehow.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Something else that makes video games very unique as a form of storytelling as opposed to movies or songs or literature is that it puts you it puts you in the driver's seat. Like you are very much in control of your fate in it when you take that and you put it into like terms of a a, a horror story you know when you're playing a game like you know some of the ones that i gravitated to when i was younger were the resident evil franchise and silent hill and doom you know really scary stuff it gives you an added sense of fear and dread because you know you're not watching an actress walk down a hall you're you're in control you are causing the the actress to walk down the hall and you choose you know you don't get right, that right. moment of you know when you're watching the horror movie and she opens the basement door you oh, don't go in there you don't get that because right, you're right. the one opening the fucking door
0: so i'm the sexy actress and that's what makes it so scary right, uh, right.
2: yes you are the <laughs> nev campbell
3: <Ooh. laughs> all right it's still yeah it, it affects people in different ways for instance nick's wife Whoa! Uh, we were all easy. together. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> come on, no need we're only twelve minutes in. You're getting into some murky we're territory. I will now describe in extreme detail physically. <laughs> <laughs> but when when we were all playing, we were all together uh, a couple Halloween's ago and playing PT, uh, which was a terrifying game that was out. Uh, Nick, also, your wife PT began crying stands for pretty
1: terrifying. If you guys didn't know that,
2: <laughs> I don't yes. think that's uh, accurate. Uh,
0: yeah, she, she was... Well, it's funny. There was a lot of fear in the room <laughs> uh, throughout, throughout that whole process of playing. But I, I thought what was kind of funny was there's that balance between control of the player and then watching it. And it, there was almost, an, I think, an inverse to what Theo said, which I think is more rare, where Lisa was sort of very freaked out about it. Um, but Dave, you were actually playing and were less yeah. so... And I remember once I really got into trying to help you figure it out, all of a sudden the fear just went away for me. Because it was creepy at first, but then the more frustrated we got the more I thought, all right, we just got to figure this shit out. And so I, I feel like it, with a game, there's got to be a level between complexity because that became such a puzzle where we didn't know what to do next that the frustration started to outweigh the fear
2: a little bit. Oh, yeah, it goes <laughs> away after a while. I right. just so watched I, so I and didn't perf- contribute shit, and it scared the crap out of me.
3: <laughs> yeah, I can tell uh, just as a, as an aside. <laughs> here's how I know that Ed was scared. <laughs> Ed was very intoxicated. When Ed sometimes gets freaked out, he gets, he, he, I, I, don't, I don't want to say puts on a front, but a very drunk Ed was pacing around behind the couch <laughs> going, this game is bullshit.
1: This is like nothing. <laughs>
3: he was belligerent. Arguing with nobody.
0: <laughs> well, and in fact, we at at Theo's house, I want to say like a year later, we pulled it up on, just on YouTube. None of us were even playing. We just pulled it up again and it took maybe five minutes Theo, before you started doing the same thing, like you you just conveniently went out to get to have a smoke and then you came back in, but when you came back in you kinda like hung by the door and you're like, oh I don't know,
3: it's not I don't get it's not that scary. I love you so much.
2: that <laughs> 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 doesn't sound like me. You guys are fucking liars.
3: But you know, it's it's a new it's such a, a cool new tool to tell stories.
0: Yeah, and I and I think it hits our brains in a way That we're still sort of figuring out how to how to respond to because we weren't conditioned to have that kind of visceral virtual experience that that feels like something bad is literally about to happen to us. Even though we could stop it at any moment, you do feel sort of trapped in that moment. What am I going to do next? So it is something that we're kind of spoiled to get to experience the evolution of because we've seen it evolve from the very early, you know, the first Resident Evil game to things now. And and with the boom of VR, like really decent VR that we're in the middle of, I don't think it's going to be very long before somebody just has a, a heart attack from some kind of VR horror game because they've gotten really advanced.
3: Yeah, no, it, it'll it'll definitely happen. Like, I, I know I Here's mentioned hoping. this on, <laughs> on Justin's podcast. It'll probably be me. Um, <laughs> I know I mentioned this on Justin's podcast, but Stephen King wrote a whole uh, essay about why we love horror so much, uh, horror movies. And it was basically that we love horror movies because we love the sense of danger while being perfectly safe. And I feel like any kind of interactive media... Fancy word for video games (laughs) is just a way to like turn that up to 11. Right. Because like you still you're just as safe as when you're watching a movie. But at the same time, because you're completely in control, you kind of feel like you're there. Now, that being said, there have been a bunch of myths about games that can put you in real danger, Uh, whether it's through faulty programming, or you know, spooky, spooky ghosts in the machines.
1: Um, it happens a lot more <laughs> than you think.
3: You know, there's supposed to be games that can cause you harm. For instance, uh, Ed, you wanted to touch a little bit on Lavender Town?
2: I sure did. So, I'm sure I don't have to explain Pokemon to anybody here. Um, you know, we've all been alive for the past 20 years and have seen television. So, um, I feel like we all know that. But one of the things that I've always loved about Pokemon is that because it's... The, the nature of the video games is that it's it's an RPG, so it's a role-playing game. So they're very long, very story-driven games. And it's not... It's generally not like a linear thing. Like, there's different towns you can go to, but the way the story works is that you it's almost like the Odyssey, old Greek stories. It's parts. There's a beginning... And an end, but everything in between then is up to interpretation and can be shuffled around. So, because of the nature of the games, there's a lot of things that can be put into it that are really interesting. So, in the first Pokemon games, it was Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue. They're introduced for the Game Boy in, I want to say, like 98, 99 in America. And uh, 1996
1: the- in Japan, but yeah, uh, 98 in America. Yeah, Justin, Justin was in
0: Japan at the time, so that's why he knows. <laughs> I yeah. worked J- on the game. Justin
3: games. has an encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of video games.
1: Well, I actually came up with the name Pokemon. Oh yeah, what what went into that? Yeah, I poked this guy and I said, "Wasn't that funny, Mod? Because he's Jamaican, <laughs> <laughs> and it stuck. And this was while <laughs> you were in Japan, <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, it was part of an exchange program. I don't want to get too into it, but yeah, continue. Yeah. You're quite a citizen of <laughs> the world.
2: anywho so the the game is you play as this character who's walking around the world and he's collecting these little monsters and he's like fighting them and stuff and you go to gyms and you fight trainers and get badges and crap like that and nothing about it is inherently scary or spooky um there are ghost pokemon in the game so they're pokemon that look like ghosts and there's this one point where you get to this town called Lavender Town, and in the first game, all the towns are named for colors, and you get to Lavender Town, and without any kind of real warning or any sort of forewarning, you walk into this town, and this very slow, dirge-like music is playing. It's very, very iconic, and the town is obsessed with death. It's supposed to be a town dedicated to death, and there's this tower where you go into the tower And you fight your way through and the different like enemies you fight in the game are just other trainers and they'll have like there'll be some like goofy ones like some of them are like bikers and some of them are like I don't know swimmers there's army guys and sailors all sorts of stuff but you get into this tower and you fight channelers and are these enemies that are dressed like witches and they're possessed and the entire time you're in this this tower you're fighting these possessed witches who talk about how the spirits are in distress. And in the bottom of the tower, all these people who were there because their Pokemon died, and they came to bury them. And it's just completely out of left field, and really, really unsettling. And one of the things that is so interesting about new media, and especially video games as a storytelling platform, is that video games have been in the zeitgeist for a while now, but they're still new in the sense that they're becoming mainstream. You know, video games, when we were growing up, video games, if you were super into gaming, you were a nerd. That wasn't like, you weren't cool. Video games were never cool up until generally recently. You know, so yeah, Justin.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because we actually talked about that on a previous episode of our podcast. How not just video games, but just the whole nerd culture is just kind of booming now. Like Dungeons and Dragons getting a lot cooler than it was before. Um, You know, the plethora of superhero content that's out there. So you're definitely right on track.
2: I've always been a comic book fan, and the fact that I can go into like 7-Eleven and see like Rocket Raccoon and Ultron on the side of a can of pepsi is still kind of weird to me yeah it's bizarre yeah but off topic but what i was saying was um because video games are still becoming ingrained into the larger culture there's still a lot of hearsay and rumors that people take at face value kind of like what we were talking about earlier and it's made for some very interesting stories there is this legend about lavender town and pokemon and like I said, the music is very slow and very dirge-like, and in a game full of like really upbeat, fast-paced music, it sticks out. There's these legends flo- floating around about Lavender Town Syndrome, and it says that in Japan, there was a just a wave of suicides that were linked with the video game. The video game would cause kids to um, become depressed and become insomniacs and would eventually lead them to kill themselves. Personally, I did a lot of digging into it and I couldn't find anything substantiated. Like I wouldn't find anything exactly linking the Lavender Town music with any reports of suicides. But it is interesting to note, because one, it sounds really cool. And two, there is a definite link between sounds and flashing lights, which pretty much are video games in a nutshell and being able to induce hypnosis, or if not hypnosis then, the injection of ideas into people.
0: Yeah, and, and, do, and in the Lavender, the Lavender Town uh, level, there is a lot of blinking, more so than in other levels, uh, of like the actual lights of the game, and it was so rudimentary at the time, so it really was just, you know, it, it, there wasn't a lot of color, and it was very basic sort of monochrome way of flashing lights at your face. And the music itself is extremely dissonant with the kinds of chords that are in it. There is something inherently unsettling that I think we could connect back to our sound episode. They're clearly writing it in a way that it has an unnerving uh, impression on your mind.
3: When the wrong notes are played together, it creates what musical theorists call tension. Prolonged exposure to that. there's, There's theories written that classical music is very symmetrical it makes sense mathematically uh some of the computer i sound like an old person some of the computer generated music of today uh <laughs> dubstep yeah like it it actually it's very much the opposite of that and can you know and this does harken back to the sound episode uh it can have a pretty profound impact on the mind especially and now if you heard a couple snippets, no big deal, but you have to imagine somebody playing this game, uh, i.e. a kid, would be playing it for hours and hours and hours at a time. Definitely. And one can only wonder what prolonged exposure can do. And by the way, we're venturing into territory. I, I gotta say, I, I can pretty much speak for all of us. We're all like, uh, we all love video games. This is not like a anti-video game episode <laughs> of Agent Frightenman. Yeah,
1: more. it's more of a, uh, we're just super interested in these stories and want to learn more. Um, I did a little bit of research on the Lavender Town story, and a lot of it was kind of inconclusive. A lot of different tales coming from different people. But apparently the one thing that they all said um, was in fact true was that Nintendo did change the sound in the game when it came over to you know the united states and europe yeah. and they claimed it was because of I high pitched tones were a strain on the game boys or original speakers
0: it is interesting really? because all of the claims substantiated or not of suicide came from japan specifically and i actually did go on youtube and i found one claiming as original japanese it does sound a little different i don't know if it's truly the original track um it was hard to pinpoint exactly what things were different but i tr- i listened to it for like 10 minutes straight at work um i didn't feel depressed
3: or anything but <laughs> but it is long in the short i killed myself <laughs> but
0: it is a more difficult song to listen to than Basically, all of the other music in the game. Same thing with games like Mario, the, the kinds of games that have those, those theme songs that will stick in your head till the day you die. It's because they are so orderly and they have a nice melody that you can sort of just hum along and then it eventually fades into the background. I did find that the Lavender Town music, when I was listening to it at work, kind of kept jumping out at me and making it a little harder to focus on the thing that I was working on and not just letting it fade into the background.
3: And uh, this is a shot in the dark. My guess is if any of us know this, it would potentially be Justin. When the game came over to the U.S., was Lavender Town the only music that changed?
1: uh, It looks like that was true. That was the only part of it that was changed. Um, And also that the town was actually known as Graveyard Town in the Japanese version. But they changed it to Lavender Town here for the, you know, for for the, (laughs) the West.
3: No, that, that very much makes sense because throughout, well, pretty much forever uh, since America became like entertainment capital, it wasn't until video games and like anime and whatnot that we as Americans became like inundated with entertainment from another culture. It's, it's like a weird thing for us because for a very long time it was us distributing entertainment to everyone and because of that like things like graveyard town there are definitely things that get i don't want to say lost in translation but like for instance uh the the idea of like hell i i think in japan like in shows like dragon ball z uh i think that it's considered like somehow like softer uh and cuter than like we as yeah. americans find it <laughs> Uh so like th- there were certain references that were changed and, and you know we'll, we'll we'll talk about Hell Valley in a second but with Lavender Town what I found really interesting it you, you know it, it's it's probably it's probably fake like you know Ed couldn't find anything any actual suicides linking to it uh however me Nick uh and Justin who, like, you know, are I, I can safely say are all well-educated individuals. I know on three separate occasions, when we heard this story about Lavender Town and the suicides, we believed it.
0: Yeah, and I wouldn't even say I believed it so much as I'd be like, yeah, I think that's worth looking into, because yeah. if anything, it seems like something where it was possible that one kid maybe killed themselves and mentioned it in their suicide note. Because you know how a lot of things, they're based in some facts, so sometimes you'll have, like, myths about... Uh, you know, the myth about people having razor blades in their candy. Well, that did happen one time, but it was right. a dad doing it to his own kid. But it was enough to make an entire oh, nation, an literally asshole. until today, yeah, think that, that that was something that could happen. So, if anything, I thought, well, it's entirely possible that the spookiest level in a game, in one of the most famous popular games of all time, could make one kid do be pushed to that limit and thus starting off the myth so yeah it it had some credibility to it at least instinctively it felt like yeah okay it's pretty creepy and you find cubone and his mom's dead and
1: right, there's a lot yeah. it's it's a very dark level so not uh, only is I, his mom dead he's also he's wearing the skull he's wearing his her head yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> pokemon's full of really fucked up <laughs> shit it really is It, it <laughs> is. i mean
3: this all makes sense, though. It like this fits the pattern perfectly because you know, the the original theory about comics were what that it was turning kids gay, gay when they came out of it's the making 50s. them gay communists, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why I like, stopped reading it. There was the idea that TV rots your brain. It's only natural if you look at this as a pattern. It's like, oh, a new media came out. Of course, there's a bunch of stuff around it where the older generation is saying that it's going to kill you in some way or another. Right,
0: especially if it's, if it's foreign. <laughs> it's, very oh, easy yeah. for, it's very easy for someone to say, oh, that Japanese game? Yeah, they're just trying to control all our kids' minds to get back at us for Pearl Harbor, or not Pearl Harbor, for, for two
3: nukes. I guess that was the original one. They made the first move they were most angry about pearl harbor
1: <laughs> they never <laughs> finished the job <laughs> i i wouldn't have thought that this story was true probably a few months ago but then after listening to your guys episodes about sound and how frequencies can kind of just mess with your brain waves and just make you feel straight up like <laughs> uneasy then when i read the story again i was like i can see even if it's not true how this gains some traction that's sure, right, Justin.
2: We're trying to uncover the web of lies that Nintendo's spreading <laughs>
0: <laughs> so so we kind of have an idea of how that gained traction, and I think we we could probably move on to to something else because I feel like each of these have kind of cool stories about how they affect maybe the brain, but more particularly what is the myth themselves and how have people like taken them, and how old are they so I, I'd love
3: to hear some more of these.
2: yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to talk about Pokemon for like another hour. <laughs>
3: You guys remember Team Rocket? Hell yeah. I actually oh, I didn't play Pokemon growing up. I, I I played probably three hours of video games a night, but I did not get a console until
1: oh, I was. Oh, you were a Digimon working. guy, weren't you? Ew.
3: No, I, I didn't have a console till I was older.
0: Yeah, Dave just had a Tamagotchi that he fed way too much. <laughs> no, I had juggle sticks.
3: And that was that was <laughs> that what was I worse. had. It was The 90s. It was a weird time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know what's interesting? Whether or not the the Lavender Town Syndrome thing is true... It's not. uh, It's not. I, (laughs) I can say it's not true. But because video games are... We can call it a new technology. Chances are it is being programmed by people in their... 30s to 40s, you know, you might get uh, a little bit younger, but I would imagine like that's the typical age demographic I know for a fact that Your hearing and vision degrade over time. I know in a few a couple episodes ago Nick you mentioned the sound grenade app. Yeah, where there's certain high frequencies that after a certain age you just can't hear Is it so implausible to think that even if it's completely by accident that programmers in their 30s to 40s that have some degradation of the eyes and ears could accidentally stumble upon frequencies in a video game that could cause abnormal reactions in kids much, much younger whose hearing would not be degraded and whose eyesight would not be degraded at all? (laughs)
0: There would be such a good Twilight Zone episode of just some 40-year-old guy r- trying to like unlock the reason why his why kids are killing themselves from his game and just realizing it's his fault. What have I done?
3: Just the Yeah, the, it it, <laughs> it does sound like a Twilight game episode. Nah, well, man, that's Black, know, again, this is, that's Black Mirror. That's
2: Black Mirror. And like the game developers could be like Jason Isaacs. It's be like, "What have I <laughs> done in this video game? It's Black Mirror on British, why not?"
1: <laughs>
3: And, like, again, like, we're all video game lovers. I'm not saying that video games kill kids, but it wouldn't be impossible to imagine that especially in the earlier days before all the stringent testing and the, sure. what we know about epilepsy now and everything, that an older programmer could very easily design a game that could be detrimental to a younger child. Right. You know? No, that's absolutely Or he said, better. fuck it,
0: let's drive some kids crazy. <laughs>
2: Hey Dave, why don't you tell us about Polybius
3: Yeah, it's a game Yeah, okay, so (laughs) it's (laughs) Polybius Polybius is, you know, speaking in this same vein Polybius is from the arcade era I believe it was before the time of home consoles But a couple of... Polybius machines showed up in various arcades. Mostly, I believe it was in the Pacific Northwest area. Where nothing spooky ever happens. (laughs) It was a top-down vector graphic shooter, and it immediately became very popular. However, there were fist fights happening in front of the machines there were reports of dizziness nausea paranoia insomnia and then it it gets even crazier like that 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 was always the part that i could believe that these that polybius was a real game and potentially affecting people in a strange way where it gets a little more dicey is the then men in black Not the Will Smith kind, but, like, spooks, basically, like government agents, were supposed to have shown up and taken the arcade machines, and, you know, there were theories that it was a way of tracking data about people, of mind control experiments, there was a guy who popped up who said that he helped make polybius in south america and it was real like cloak and dagger ed you feel free to uh, jump in and elaborate on any of this if you want i you're doing a good job you're hitting all the uh <laughs> in all the points i mean yeah, i said just i, I need I, I i need validation every yeah, hey, is always hey you're doing a good job buddy you look really nice today <laughs> yes. too all right so back to polybius guys i, I would just add that
1: um how insanely popular the game was when it came out, which was uh, 1981, and there was lines, you know, queuing like, all the way outside of the arcades and down the sidewalks. Um, and as you said, people were getting very sick from it, having nightmares and night terrors, and apparently some players never played video games ever again after playing this game because they were so sick and, you know, scared from it.
0: So, I, I have to ask the big question which is, are we sure that the game existed as described?
2: Well, this is a tricky one. I mean, like Justin said, it was the early 80s that it came out, so it was pre-internet. It was at a time where video games really were like confined to arcades. And there's definitely a lot of hearsay, a lot of rumors, and a lot of straight up fabrication around Polybius. But it's I'll I'll say at the very least it's a really interesting rabbit hole to go down because I I believe that at some point there was some kind of arcade cabinet. Maybe it was called Polybius, maybe it was something else, that was in circulation that was causing problems for people. Whether, you know, the CIA was monitoring it, who knows? But I mean you know, putting him on my tinfoil hat here. Uh, we all know about, like, the MK Ultra experiments.
3: Oh, I was just about to say that. I was like, I don't want to sound like a conspiracy dud, but, you know, the CIA did abduct people and dose them with LSD for mind control purposes. And this would be
0: a more subtle way to get away with it, and you get your test subjects to come to you.
2: Right, and that's what they would do in MKUltra, besides dosing them with mind-altering drugs, is they would experiment with lights and sounds. And like I said earlier, video games are pretty much just lights and sounds especially really early video games where you know there weren't great graphics we're not talking about um freaking skyrim here this is like early days of video games so it's literally just flashing lights and really low pitch sounds and just you know flashing at you and it's in an arcade cabinet so it's a screen a fairly large screen right in front of your face you kind of have blinders on it it definitely I there's some credence to the story. That's what I'm going to say here.
0: And I I also wonder so if the whole thing is a front to to get data on on people's minds, whether it's injecting information or it's taking it out. I did just look up because it sounds um like it sounds like a Greek name. I looked it up and there was a Greek historian in yeah, philosopher. Yeah, he was a philosopher and he was a historian who was who was. Crucial to, like, writing down a lot of the things about separation of mixed powers and government and a lot of things that eventually affected the U.S. So it also begs the, the conspiracy theorist question of why would they call it Polybius? They could have called it anything. And here's a name that is the name of someone who is who was involved in thought and also the, the recording of history uh, thousands of, of years ago. So it's 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 another one of those things where it's like, ooh, what does that mean? Why would they call it Polybius? Because I'm assuming that the gameplay had nothing to do with a Greek philosopher. It no, was probably just, I you think know. From what, it, I under- a sh-
2: from what I understand, it was very similar to, like, Missile Command.
3: Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, except, you know, PlayStation... I, I don't know if you saw this, Justin. Uh, PlayStation actually released a uh, Polybius indie game. Right, yeah, uh, I remember That, that. I think is yeah you and i watched it like it, i think it's supposed to be similar to that it's just like a lot of very very bright flashing lights and it's a really intense looking shooter e- even watching like a mock up of a game gave me like the beginnings of a migraine <laughs> <laughs> it's just that you know polybius is one of those examples of you know we've all dug uh, for information on polybius it's become, it's entered pop culture in a way that, you know, it's even been on the Simpsons. There's like a Polybius uh, cabinet in the Simpsons basement. It's ingrained into pop culture, especially video game pop culture. But it's, I think it's, probably forever going to be one of those things where we're not a hundred percent sure if it actually existed or what happened with it and that's really cool because there's not a lot of that anymore
0: right and there's there's seemingly no way to debunk it even if you can't ever prove it it's not one of those things where we'll probably be able to trace back to the guy who says oh i just made it all up so it is going to persist forever which is pretty yeah. cool. cool.
2: There's there's not going to be a Patterson film moment for Polybius where the guy who made the film, the Bigfoot film, said, "Yeah, it was just a guy in a suit."
3: You know, this right. is something yeah, exactly.
2: that we'll never get a definitive backstory for Polybius about what actually happened, what was real and what was fake, and that's that's cool. That's that's really is cool. Rare? Yeah, no,
3: I, I like it.
2: I like some. I history. mean, it's a bummer for all the kids that it fucked up, but I mean, you know, <laughs> it's cool.
3: Uh, speaking of games that can fuck you up, uh, Justin, you had you you had a little thing on uh, a game called Berserker, didn't you?
1: Yeah, when we were doing research earlier in the, the week, I ran across this. This is another uh, arcade game around the same time as Polybius, um, and it's called <laughs> Berserk, and it's basically you're this little yellow circle, and you're trying to get to the end of the level without bumping into any of the walls or any objects in between. Uh, The thing about this game was that it had a ridiculous 64,000 levels to go through. Oh, my God. And apparently this is 100% true. uh, Two people actually died from playing this game. And they were so addicted uh, that the two victims, what, what they had in common was they were like basically the two best players of the game. They both had like the highest scores ever recorded in Berserk and
2: yeah did they die did something in the game cause them to die or were they just playing it so long and so intensely that they just kind of you know die from exhaustion
1: they actually died from heart attacks like from playing like just a too long of an extended period of time uh one of the victims apparently died after besting his uh, high score like for like another umpteenth time and then another one did it when he beat his own high score in 15 minutes. Wow. wow. I'm not quite sure if it's completely related to the game or just like over mental exhaustion could probably have right. triggered something in the body. But yeah, reportedly, uh, this is believed that to be the only game to actually physically reportedly cause death, which well, I think actually... That's not true now because uh, a couple Twitch streamers have died uh, from just basically they didn't want to get up to go to the bathroom because their stream was going so good, apparently.
2: right? Yeah, you hear about that like once a year, somebody in like South Korea or Japan who's playing Second Life or like World of Warcraft, like something like that, right. where they just literally will not stop playing and they'll just spend like days on ends playing the game. And then they just like die from starvation or exhaustion or something like that.
1: Right. Yeah. The only and reason they're... that's different is that's not really scary. It's kind of just like, wow, you guys are idiots.
2: <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. and when you
1: said
0: there were Twitch streamers, I just kind of assumed that they drowned in just a wave of pussy. Cause how could they not? <laughs> that kind yeah. Of yeah. yeah,
1: of course.
3: <laughs> yeah, there's a good chance. That's just an unfortunate coincidence. But it's also a really creepy coincidence. The person who got the top score died of heart failure. The very next person to beat that score also died of heart failure. Right. Like I said, that that with the new technology... It's it's an unshakable fact that these two people died and then the myth that forms around them, whether it was the video game or it was just a really unfortunate coincidence, it's really goddamn creepy and, and thought-provoking. It was
0: also an eighties game, so it just kinda puts Tron in my head. Did they did they beat a certain level and then they they just shed their their human shell and just got sucked <laughs> into the game and now they're like the <laughs> lords of berserk within the game.
1: <laughs> that could be. You know, maybe they become the little yellow smiley face in the game. Right. And then I mean, I'm no scientist, but I
0: think there's a 99% chance that that's completely true.
1: Yo, people
2: talk shit, but Tron was a great movie. <laughs> Especially I've, I've the heard new one. You made this argument before. <laughs> Because it's a good movie. People need to recognize (laughs) that Tron is a good movie. I'm not the crazy one here.
3: What people don't know is I just had to edit out 15 minutes of Ed going on about how Tron is a great movie.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: But we will not be endorsing that officially on our
2: podcast. Fine, I'm going to make my own podcast about Tron.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to episode 1426 about why Tron is great. My name is Ed. <laughs> All
2: right, Justin, you're cool. You can be on my podcast.
1: On the Troncast. The only podcast that, re- that uploads new episodes every hour of the day.
0: <laughs> so we've talked a lot about video games but I know um, there's some, there were some other sort of just new media general things. So, so Dave, I'm going to leave it up to you at the time that we have left. I know of at least a couple of things that we could talk about. We could talk about Sad Satan. We could talk about the Blue Whale game.
3: Ooh, ooh, let's, let's do
1: it. Okay. Right. Right. Sad Satan. Yep. Sad Satan is a dark web video game. If porn but, is on the, the light web, what kind of porn is on the dark web?
3: The kind with child in it. Yeah, like the the really
2: bad kinds.
0: <laughs> well, you guys could have made jokes about that, and you just just totally turned up the, the volume on reality. Thanks a lot for that.
2: <laughs> well, it's, I mean, the dark web is this kind of thing that, like, the, the idea of it's been around forever, but, again, it's an example of something, you know, like that coming into the zeitgeist. I just saw a commercial for some kind of, like, anti antivirus software that specifically yep. mentioned keeping monitoring the dark web and you know yeah. what i don't even think it's um because i've seen this
0: i don't even think it's antivirus. i think it's a bank because i remember noticing it before too where it's a, it's a, it's about people who could steal your identities and it says we monitor the dark web and and all i could think the way the language that they used it seemed very bullshitty very much like yeah. if you were someone who actually understood how the dark web worked, you'd be like you can't do that Yeah, But the way that they said it made it seem so reassuring to older people who probably just assume that you can just kind of log on into a chat room and just kind of ask people like, hey, you guys aren't getting up to any bad business here on the dark web, are you? You guys aren't the
3: Russian hackers, are you? (laughs) It's like the guy they have monitoring the dark web is this one creepy guy who's not allowed in the office. He has to communicate (laughs) through emails. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) But sad satan uh popped up uh, supposedly on the dark web um and we've all watched the videos at this point it's basically a walking simulator where you're walking down these long hallways and the colors are insane uh there's lots of light changes flashing lights there's a lot of Really uncomfortable uh, audio tricks that they use. Uh, they have like very faint heartbeats. They have static that becomes louder. A lot of uh, stuff using below thirty hertz pulses and whatnot, which you know, as we know from previous episodes, can can put you in a strange sense of mind. Uh, and it's literally just a game that causes dread and fear and loathing. There is no discernible plot. There no. is no real way to win it uh, or even really lose it. It's literally just a, a, a game to mind fuck yeah. yourself. There's
0: no interaction. There's no, you're not throwing punches at anything. You're just walking. I will say I, so I watched a lot of this and then cut, I, I shuffled through a lot of videos to just find more things. Cause I, I wanted to get a feeling for what was the big deal and I have to say that you really need to put headphones in, crank it way up to understand the fear side of it because I personally kind of thought the visuals were sort of a throwaway. I don't think there was as much thought put into the visuals as there was the sound because this, yeah. the visuals are mostly sort of very shitty pixelated black and white, or sometimes yeah, they're like slight version. And- yeah. Sometimes they yeah, exactly. There's slight color shifts here and there. And then every now and then they'll just like flash up a picture of something on the screen. And I, the visuals did very little for me. So the sound, it almost seems like someone said, I want to make the best like actually, viscerally scary haunted house soundtrack, and just so happened to need to need a better delivery device so that people would actually listen to it. And they said, "Well, we'll just make this bullshit game, and we'll put it into there." So <laughs> yeah. I, I'd, I'd be interested. What did you guys actually think about the visuals?
3: Visuals were. Oh, you you pretty much nailed it. the The one thing I will say is. You have to imagine people seeking out sad Satan. You can kind of draw a parallel to the hypnotist that like went to like your graduation party or like something like that. At a weird graduation uh, party. Uh, our school <laughs> put one on and they had a hypnotist there and it was weird. Okay, just so um, you know, that is not
0: a reference that other American kids are going to understand. <laughs> <laughs> that is not a
1: real <laughs> thing. thing. I actually okay. had one in college my freshman year. It was like yeah. freshman orientation.
3: Yeah, wait, Ed, didn't
2: you yeah. have that too? Yeah, we have have had Yeah, when we had yeah. an orientation there was like a hypnotist and he made somebody like think he was a cow or something or Yeah. Yeah.
3: So fuck you, Nick. That's three Americans right here. Wow. <laughs> Clearly I just went to the wrong
2: schools. Gee, sorry, sorry, bud. Trying to go you know go to bat <laughs> Tough for you luck. here, but Tough
0: luck. In in the comments section, please let us know if this is total (laughs) bullshit.
2: Tell us about your school (laughs) hypnotist. (laughs) But,
3: but, you know, they claim that hypnotism only works on people who uh, unconsciously want to be hypnotized. So you have to imagine one of us looking at the game on YouTube very objectively, uh, just because we want to see what it's like and what it does and everything. But the person who seeks this out, who is looking to feel like existential dread and potential hallucinations or whatever other spooky shit they tacked onto this game, we're never going to know how that affected some people in the right mindset. Maybe the game that we all watch sober, uh, well stoned, uh, whether on weed or LSD, would have a different effect. A much more prevalent effect. But the visuals, like you said, I, I thought they were kind of a throwaway. However, with hypnotism, it's not just the quick talking voice, it's also the eye contact and the hand motions that are supposed to disorient sure. the unconscious mind. There's a possibility, although the audio is much creepier, that the visuals would play a factor right. in causing feelings of right. dread
1: i just want to say that i i agree with how the visuals were kind of lacking and nothing spectacular in the scary sense but for me what scared me was like the the tone of the whole thing but mainly i didn't know what i was gonna see and like i was just waiting to see that, that that sense of like something i mean this game is known for being like supposedly one of the scariest things and like I was just like, okay, is it going to be here? Is it going to pop up? Is it coming? Is it coming? And, like, I had to shut it off because, like, it was just messing with my head so much.
0: Sure. And especially when you know it's on the dark web and you you think, well, there could be anything. And is there going to be something in here that's going to make me upset to see? Because... It's just me morally on a watch list.
3: <laughs> well, I will
0: say, at one point I, on the like one hour long video, they f- uh, f- an image of Roman Polanski winning awards flashed up, and I thought, well, <laughs> it, I mean, a convicted statutory rapist is scary in its own way,
2: I guess. <laughs> uh, personally, I think because the game is so the the visuals of it are so kind of like crappy and low res, um, I found it really unsettling because it seems very genuine, like. It, this this seems like something that it, it, it definitely really had that feel of like the so-called haunted game that pops up on the internet that if you play it you die in three days right like, like the there is ra- 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 yeah right exactly if that's uh, precisely that's exactly what this made me feel like like and if one of those is going to be real it's this fucking game and um i don't know if you guys have ever heard of it's this old um computer game called worlds have you guys ever heard of that one no no. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I'll just describe it really quick it's, it's old and it was a precursor to something like Minecraft or World of Warca- Warcraft where in like the real early days of the internet it was like this big open um, sandbox type game where you could go in and you can kind of like build rudimentary structures and you had these like very basic characters and it was like super open and there was like a lot of terrain in it but what's really interesting about it now is that it's almost completely abandoned Hmm. and you can still access it but it's just empty and there's all these like you know structures and shit and like signs that there were once people in the game and it's because it's from like the <laughs> early 90s it's really kind of crappy it's just really creepy it's a virtual ghost town basically exactly yeah
0: that is that's awesome yeah that's really cool actually <laughs> that's, yeah. that's that's really amazing it well and it it kind of makes me wonder how many more things we're going to have like that? What was uh, the game that just came out this year that's massive where it's just a universe and you can go to any planet? No first, Man's Sky? No Man's Sky. So imagine... I mean, nobody was Because I know that part that. of No Man's Sky is that you can go to different planets and you can name... If you're the first person to see a kind of animal or something, you can name it. So imagine you know eventually even if it's hundreds of years from now i'm assuming it'll be sooner no one will be playing no man's sky but as long as the data is out there it's it, it's sort of like its own world its own universe that has been completely abandoned but with all of these automated things happening just basically sitting there waiting to be interacted with
3: yeah and just as an aside me and my buddy danny got really super into that game uh when somebody finds Uh, the areas that I was at (laughs) I named every single planet tree, animal, (laughs) and solar system vagina trout so eventually, actually, somebody, somebody is going is... to find the vagina trout cluster, and that's going to be mine. It could take many years, but somebody will eventually find it. Once, once the uh, the singularity
0: happens, and all of the actual beings on the in the universe are synthetic, they're going to actually visit that place,
2: and they're going to
3: meet all of the vagina trouts. <laughs> like someone's like, "Oh, the vagina trout system," and then they get there, and they're like. The vagina trout planet, and then they get there and they like look at the first tree and it just says vagina trout, right? And like literally, I I played the game for like a month and a half straight and just named everything I saw vagina trout. It's kind of like ego and Guardians. You must
0: go to the vagina
2: (laughs) trout system,
0: (laughs) everything is everything in existence is just an extension of the original vagina trout.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's to the point now where on my PlayStation, if I bring up the uh the keyboard, and hit the letter V, it autofills Vagina Trout. <laughs> Did you mean <laughs> Did you Vagina Trout? Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, that had funny. nothing to do with anything. I just felt it was important to mention it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so was there was there anything else about Sad Satan? I will say the only, I don't know about you guys, the only, literally the only character I encountered was a little girl who was crying at one point and then just screaming in my ears. Did you guys yeah. see any other people while walking around?
3: Well, that's one of those things because it's like, I feel like your mind kind of fills in the gaps because it's so pixelated and shitty looking. I, I mean, maybe yeah. I might have seen people, but it also might have just been low resolution crap. Yeah, like, w- which uh, again, I kind of, I kind of like like your your mind fills in the sure. gaps even if there's nothing there.
1: Yeah, it's it, kind of like kinda, those evil. Um trees in super mario galaxy 2
3: yeah exactly and like i mean that's much more uh like okay you know we're we're gonna we're gonna jump on that real quick (laughs) like because i i love that one and this goes back to what i was saying about uh different cultures having different views on things uh so in super mario galaxy there is a level where when you drop into it uh you're you're in a valley there's walls on both sides at any point you can look over your left shoulder and up and there's three shadowy figures always behind you watching you Ooh. and it like it was really creepy and it's in a Mario game which is not a creepy game somebody finally went into the code and saw that the original name for that level is hell valley And those sprites are called Hell Valley Sky Trees, but they're not trees at all. They're, like, they're people. Like, we'll post a picture of them. They're, like, these creepy-looking figures. They're
1: clearly people.
3: Yeah, Yeah. and,
1: like... It's it's really creepy. (laughs) I I didn't even know about this until we were talking about it uh, a couple weeks ago, and I looked it up, and not only are there several... Like, it wasn't even hard to find info on this because it's just very well known, like that, about this little side story Easter egg kind of thing. And yeah, I mean, there's this silhouette with these kind of evil looking eyes, and they can maybe yeah. kind of be look like because, uh, you know, a lot of uh, the reps were saying, oh, they're supposed to be these Hell Valley trees. And like, you could sort of see like trees if you tried hard enough, but like, Uh, mainly they look like these really creepy looking like monster people and yeah yeah, they're much more
0: like slendermans than they are like trees yeah exactly
3: yeah and you know that's one of those things in the original japanese version what was it just hell valley and those were sky people because you know hell may not be quite as big a deal over there it might be like more funny where (laughs) over here uh, uh a bunch of christians who are terrified of hell like wouldn't like something like that um and it's just like it's a cool little easter egg
0: and it's also so much more powerful to have it be a secret (laughs) than have it just come out and call and and just draw attention to the
3: fact that they're there oh yeah the first person that found that must have just filled their pants with shit. <laughs> 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 Especially playing a Mario game
0: where you, where you don't expect it. Maybe cuz I do wonder if that's part of the reason why sad satan didn't get to me that much cuz I went into it thinking this is going to be intense and scary and then felt let down. But if you take something like Mario and you're in a totally different headspace and you're, you know, 6 again in your mind, I could see adults getting a little freaked out that that exists in the game and nobody's, nobody's talking about it yet if you were, like, the first person to find it.
3: Yeah. No, it's definitely really cool. All right. So we're going to take it out by talking about what's not a video game, but is a game that's apparently happening right now called Blue Whale. Do one of you guys want to take a tackle at, uh, at Blue Whale? Well, I so I, I I think I can tee it off, but this
0: is gonna this is gonna take a village. What's interesting is like Dave said, it's not a game, but it is def it's definitely new media specific. It started with the was the original guy Russian or was it just the the victims, quote unquote, that mostly were Russian?
2: Seems like the 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 creators are Russian. That's Okay.
0: That's what I yeah. thought.
2: Yeah, so it it
0: started with You know, you can almost picture somebody just being sort of a web celebrity and sort of just daring people more or less to do things. So essentially there started popping up these stories of Russian girls who were killing themselves and have and it all pointing towards this game that they played by finding out the instructions online and basically being give it, given a set of instructions that were sort of, um, you know, started out kind of small and push people in little increments. So you'd get instructions that would be just kind of something that would be embarrassing or something that uh, might maybe would hurt yourself a little bit, but then it would graduate to uh, cutting yourself and things like that. And sort of people would drop off at different points. But the people who are really committed, and these are teenagers, impressionable people that are, you know, looking for someone to reach out to online. Eventually the final instruction you would get would be to kill yourself. And it it certainly appears like this is, compared to everything else we've talked about, a very true thing that at least some cases have been substantiated. And and yeah, I think and- what's incredible about it is that. It's, I've even read a few articles from, that were written in the UK that there was at least enough attention drawn to it that reporters started noticing people chatting about it in the UK even though it was a Russian thing. So clearly because of the internet, people were getting wind of it and it was at least enough of a threat where parents felt like they needed to talk to their kids about it in England or schools yeah. did. So it's pretty crazy to think that it's it was at least real enough to muster up a, a very adult reaction as opposed to everything else we've talked about tonight, which is, has been kind of just hearsay and sort of fun stories. This one really, it made headlines. It was a bigger deal.
1: Yeah, definitely. And to follow you up on that, the way that I heard about it was a friend of mine texted me, hey, have you heard of this game Blue Whale? And I said, no, you know, I don't, I'd never even heard of that. And she sent me, like, a screen grab of, like, somebody that she knows on Facebook who is a mom, and it was, like, an all-caps post that said, like, uh, fellow moms, you know, be warned about this game Blue Whale that apparently at the end it tells your kids to kill themselves. Like, and it was spreading virally that way already, and this was a, a few weeks ago when I heard about this.
3: Yeah, and there is, you know, you can... I don't know if I recommend it. It depends how squeamish you are. Like if you image search blue whale game, there's images of kids like younger kids who apparently are self-harming as per the request of this game. Um, It's a 50 day game that again, ends with you like you win by killing yourself, whether or not people actually go that far is one thing or another. But You know, it's 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 a game specifically seems like it's targeting uh, kids who, you know, the teenage years are not easy for anybody. And it's supposed to uh, cause some real damage. And even even Snopes, who I generally trust, is not coming out and saying that the game is fake. They're just saying that
2: it's not confirmed yet. Um, Somebody got arrested for it. Like, that's when you search blue whale suicide, one of the first things that comes up is that somebody in Russia real recently, like, within the past couple of weeks as we're recording this, got arrested for being, like, one of the masterminds behind it. Wow.
0: Really? So we'll yeah. have to actually watch and see what comes of that, if if it slips away because there's no evidence. Because the thing that's... And, and Dave was just kind of touching on this. That's crazy that somebody got arrested for it. But the thing that's crazy about what Dave said is even if it's not real in the sense that it was a rumor first, it's certainly real now if people are are actually killing themselves because it it doesn't need to be just one person that started it. And I think that's why it fits so well into this new media genre because it's something that is specifically only understood by very young people because they're the ones who can very easily navigate the internet. So it's, it's this perfect, it's almost like it. It's like the adults in town, it's, it's like having, it, existing in two worlds. It, it's like the kids know about this, and it's like, well, of course I've heard of the Blue Whale game. So when, uh, Justin, you were saying that a friend's friend's mom, or, or whatever it was, um, was terrified of this, it's that, that dread that a parent has, but it's so much harder to pin down to than like, there's a creepy guy living in our neighborhood, stalking children. It's so much bigger than that, where it doesn't even... They don't need to be targeted by one person. The fact that the rumors are out there are dangerous enough. It's almost like a virus. It's just spreading on its own.
3: And again, there's not a ton of information yet. Like, this will be one of those things we'll have to, like, revisit it in a few months uh, to know how much it's progressed. It could come out as all bullshit. But, you know, this is one of those things where... You know, even if this caused the death of one teenager, that's horrid. It very much sounds like it has already.
0: I think gone. I was going to say, I think the only reason why, and it's it's an extra level of intrigue, the only reason why it's so hard to pinpoint, because there there have been deaths, whether or not they're 100% connected to the Blue Whale, that's the difficult part to define. And largely because these reports are coming out of Russia and we've you know, we have all known since uh, the 50s, we can't really trust the information coming out of Russia to be completely accurate. So it adds a whole other level of intrigue where we think, is it more is it an intentional sort of sleight of hand where we're just being fed bullshit? There, it's very difficult for every Western country to find out the truth about that. It, and, Dave, you said it could take months for us to know more. It could take 20 years for us to actually know the truth. But when somebody oh, does yeah. some giant expose on what actually is going on.
3: Yeah, no, either, either way, it's, it's horrifying
2: and interesting. <laughs> and shit like this wouldn't have been possible 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah, it's, yep, a, just... it's a very today kind of thing
1: spreading online and uh, spreading through kids you know it's like two of the most like bleeding like ways to get things across you know o- online you can hide behind a wall of anonymity you know and the kids they, they almost kind of look for this sort of stuff and you know they're like oh no way like they're, they're too young to really process how grave of a situation that it is and of course you know you wanna you want to know more you want to like you want to be the one that tells the other kids what's going on instead of the kids that are being told what's going on, you know. Right.
0: Well, think about when we were, you know, I suppose between 10 and 13 years old, all kind of getting our first computers in our homes or our friends are, and I know at least for me, it with it was maybe a month after the first time I ever logged online before my friends and I were watching faces of death videos because the yeah. second you hear even a whisper of it you feel like, well, I have to, I don't know if I have to prove to myself or prove to my friends, but I have to prove that I can find this kind of stuff because I'm not afraid. So how many of these kids who have either killed themselves or at least gone to some level of the game just thought it was funny and thought nothing of it thought, well, of course I would never do anything to harm myself or anybody else, but I want to know about it. Cause all my, all my friends do. So they look into it and, and, their brains haven't completely finished growing yet and they're elastic and ideas can be put in their heads that are extremely dangerous. So much like a video game. It's something we're not prepared for, or at least past generations and past decades have not given us the tools to fight against because it's kind of like terrorism now. It's, it's not, you can't just find one person and say, Oh, he's the bad guy. You take him out and the whole thing falls apart. No, it's viral. It's on the internet. It's, it's a it's an idea and ideas are way harder to to squash than it would be to just pull the plug on a game.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. definitely. And it's just I, kind of a it's it's just a disappointing thing at this game, you know, with this the news with this game is going around because it's just <laughs> more negative publicity for video games and you know, you think back to 1992, Mortal Kombat comes out, it's you know, it's so gory, it's got all the blood and then parents start to notice, "Hey, Maybe my kids shouldn't be playing this, and like there was a whole almost kind of war against video games during that point that's when ratings uh were starting to be put onto physical game cartridges BDS, yeah, yeah exactly um and in recent years we've kind of been all right you know it's 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 been a, a happy medium of games for kids and adults and everything and and you don't you don't have to really worry about that kind of stuff anymore in this booming video game industry, but I mean we all know how negative news can spread you know so people want to watch they want to see the scary stuff they don't want to see the good sounding stuff so you know I'm a, I'm a little worried that the more this blows up uh the more of a hit the video game industry as a whole is going to take
2: yeah, yeah. Even, even if it's not the blue whale game itself that could be like the precursor to something bigger you know that could just be the first of something else to come right, after it. Right. More
1: investigation into stuff like this, stricter, you know, game development, you know yeah. monitoring. Now what perhaps. I thought was
3: really cool, Justin agreed to be on this episode, uh, under the conditions that he's going to actually do the blue whale game and get back <laughs> to us on how it went. Right.
0: <laughs> and notoriously, Justin never doesn't finish a game.
1: So I think we can all assume where this is headed. (laughs) That is one hundred percent false. Justin begins a million games and can't finish them. So he's actually the perfect. Thank God for that in this case, right? I actually started Blue Whale and about ten minutes in, I didn't even see a single goddamn blue whale, so I turned it
0: off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say what bad press for Probably whale. our most gentle <laughs> creature that also happens to be the largest animal that has ever lived on the earth. Like, Look, man, whales they're...
3: Whales had to come in. We all know they uh,
1: did. Blue whales are like, oh, what the yeah. fuck? What is this Time shit? to knock
3: them off their pedestal.
1: right? They all, got, they all got an eat update cool. on
0: their NPR apps on their phone that a blue whale game is killing people. And they're like, oh, Jesus Christ. Now we have to deal with this. <laughs>
1: Now we have to actually kill them so we don't sound like liars. (laughs) Is that how that works? (laughs) Absolutely. So is that what I should do if someone
0: accuses me of killing someone else? I have to then go murder somebody? That sounded like a challenge, he says, as
3: he starts his chainsaw.
0: (laughs) Oh, This one was a lot of fun. I think we we, uh, really crossed a giant bridge of topics. And I like that we landed on the one we did because I think it speaks to the power of video games, but not necessarily in a video game itself.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, thanks for being on, Justin. Um,
1: Yeah, yeah. no problem. Uh, Thanks for having me. I love being on this show. I love what you guys are doing. Um, You know, you guys talk about stuff that I would never think about normally. And sometimes I get so lost in your podcast that like I, you know, I listen to it on the drive home and I'm like, oh man, I'm home already and like I still have ten minutes left. So I'll just like sit in the car and finish it <laughs> until it's over. <laughs> nice.
2: That is so sweet. Thank he you. He just time. sits He's in a
0: car way. in his garage with the exhaust muffled up yeah. by a t shirt, <laughs> yeah.
2: rolls yeah, up. Just the like the blue whale, whale told him to. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You get a text from the Blue Whale well people, it's like, stay in the car. <laughs> so
0: on, on that note, I want to I wanna flip the script on that and say that Justin, as we talked about in the beginning of the episode, also hosts a podcast that's really great called Press A Repeatedly. And we had actually plugged it before on the show, but I have to reiterate from my point of view, I love listening to it and I'm not a big video game guy. And I suppose it's for the same reason that you just said about our podcast. You guys seem to think about games at a depth that I have never gone because I'll play maybe a few games a year and I'll fall in love with the story and the characters and whatever. But I don't think about it outside of just maybe entertainment. I feel like you guys tend to... Uh, digest things a little bit deeper than that and give sort of a reverence to video games in general. So I I love what you guys do, too. And I really hope everybody, after listening to this, checks you guys out if they haven't already.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for saying that. I mean, that's kind of our goal here was just to do something a little bit different. You know, uh, anybody can kind of go on there and talk about all the news and, like, what's coming out. And, you know, we try to stay away from that stuff and just focus more on the video game playing experience as a whole. Because, you know, we all love games. We've all grown up playing games. You know, I've grown up playing with my brother. You know, we've got a lot of the same interests, and we just kind of formed, like, this bond between us is, like, so strong because specifically of video games. I met all my friends through college and high school, also through love of video games. So, you know, it's 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 a big... It's such a big world out there the industry is so big right now and you know to just kind of share not so much on games particularly but what makes them great and what we love about them you know is is something different and it's something that we kind of roll off of so you know yeah thanks thanks again for listening We're, we post on mondays as well uh on itunes podbean and on google play
3: Yeah, except they do it every Monday because they have their
1: shit together. (laughs) (laughs) That's very hard to to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't
0: imagine having to listen to the other voices of the men on this podcast
1: every single week. (laughs) It would just be brutal. (laughs) Um, And I also just quickly wanted to plug, um, Dave was on an episode a couple weeks ago and we talked about a horror game that just recently came out called Little Nightmares. And it's... Probably one of the best games I've played so far this year. And uh, Dave, I know you share the same feelings. Oh my
3: um, god, I love it. I love it so much.
1: Yeah, uh, and if you haven't played it, it, it just went on sale on Steam right now. 25% off for the Steam Summer Sale. So, um, yeah. So yeah, that and th- that's 15. a
3: good game to plug on this podcast because Little Nightmares is so... F- fucking creepy like if you are at all a fan of horror you will dig this game yeah you guys will love
1: this it's and it's not very long but it's like a beautifully wrapped story with great environments and like the tension in this game you know is just something else like i was so on the edge of my seat playing it and it's it's awesome so definitely check it out if you can and so justin
2: i (laughs) i know i i um i sent a link to these guys recently i don't know if you know but that's actually being adapted into i think a tv show or, or a netflix show or something
0: by really? um henry,
2: really? yeah by um henry selnick who's the guy who directed nightmare before christmas
0: yeah i'm very excited that about awesome. that
2: <laughs> and um and Coraline and a couple other like really good um stop I motion Coraline, oh yeah it's such a good movie
0: yeah henry is is the living sort of godfather of modern stop animation and he doesn't do much because he puts so much time. So I can only assume that if he's put his, if he's thrown his hat in the ring to direct this and to put this together, it must be worthwhile. It must be a really good story that they've that they're adapting it into. So oh, I it think is. it's going to be something pretty cool. And it's pretty cool to think that an indie level game yeah. can affect that sort of uh, media buy that people are like, yeah, we we'll, you know, it takes so much money to create a stop animated film. So to think of doing it as a show and doing it on such a a small property is is really, really cool, and it's exciting for the people who made it. And we'll take our money from those people for this advertisement in any form (laughs) that they
3: like. Yeah, and hey, it's great that we're ending on a positive form (laughs) of new media. (laughs) Forget everything we we said about whales. We we should stop it right there (laughs) before it goes dark again. But uh Nick, you want you want to tell people where they can find us?
0: Oh, I'd love to. Uh
3: we are at
0: aoepod.com. You might be listening uh, to this right now there or you might be listening to us on iTunes. If you're not, you should subscribe. Just look for the Age of Enfrightment. We're also on Facebook, same likewise. Just look up the Age of Enfrightment. You will find us. Enfrightenment apparently is a word that only we
3: use. <laughs> That's
0: fantastic. Give them your home
3: address too. Home address. (laughs) What's that? Uh, Give the listeners your home address.
0: Oh yes. So my home address is. (laughs) uh, I was about to give them Theo's, but I can't actually think of the number off the
1: top. (laughs) Um, You guys are on Twitter too, right? Yeah.
0: And finally, we are on Twitter, and that's at AOE underscore podcast. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you can find us in all those places, and. Please, there is a section on our website where you can send us messages. I think we talked about a lot of cool stuff on this episode, and if you have some thoughts on them or you've played some of these games and had different experiences than we have, please let us know. Just send us a message on the website and or on social media, and we, we'd love to talk to you.
2: And if you're a hot guy, send us naked
1: pictures of your wiener.
2: <laughs> Ooh, yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Please
1: and thank right, you. Not, <laughs> send, that, send that to Press Every Freely's Twitter as well.
0: all right right. well thank you uh justin thank you to all of the listeners thank you theo and dave as always and we can't wait to talk to you again soon bye everyone
1: see you guys see everybody bye